0: The Easter uh, season here at New Life, over the last couple of weeks, um, we've been inside of this series called Journey to the Cross. Journey to the Cross. And this is the season, the Easter season, this is the season where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, it's inside of this season that we look to that, we remember that, we walk through Good Friday, which represents the cross. We are going to have a Good Friday service right here at 630 Um We go through Palm Sunday, which is the triumphant entry of Jesus, um, you know, to start that process to be crucified. Um, And then ultimately on Easter Sunday morning, we celebrate that the fact that our God. Did not stay dead. Come on, somebody. Right? That our God is alive. You you got to understand this because a lot of us were raised around church and we know we're saved. We know we're going to go to heaven, um, but we really don't catch the heart behind why God rose Jesus from the dead. You, you understand the resurrection of Jesus? The fact that he died, was laid in a tomb, and rose again on the third day is 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 fundamental to our, our, our Christian faith. He, no other God on earth, no other belief system died and rose from the grave. The, the Bible actually says, Paul says, if He didn't raise from the grave, then we're preaching in vain. This is the fundamental thing for us as Christians that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And really, you can't get to the resurrection without the cross. There has to be a death before there's a resurrection. But but as I was praying about this, Lord, what do you want me to to talk about as we lead up to to Easter? I, I realized this fact that you can't get to the cross without the life of Jesus. Jesus was God's heart manifested in physical form for us on the earth. That's how you got to understand it. that changes the way when you see the way Jesus interacted with people. This journey to the cross, uh, the early life of Jesus was just not documented well, right? We have a a one little moment where He gets lost. We have another little moment here. But we don't have this great detail like we do in all four of the Gospels that that Jesus Christ, his, His later life was documented in great detail. And I believe because that's to show us the heart of God for us. Jesus was God's heart on this earth. Does that make sense? And so he, he, here's what I said in the last couple of weeks. The, 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 the cross was pivotal. The resurrection was paramount. But the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus was our directive as Christians. When He interacts with people, we begin to see God's heart because a miracle is not a moment where God shows up with a Superman cape and just does something cool. What He's doing through those miracles is He's revealing His nature to us. He's revealing to us that He wants to be our healer, that He wants to be the resurrection, the truth, and the life, that He wants to be our friend, that He wants to be with us, that He wants to be around us. These little points in Jesus' life as He interacts with people and does miracles, they're, they're points in which we as Christians can align our hearts with to to live the life that God's called us to live. Does that make sense? So so that's what we're doing over the next... uh, I think we have one more week left, maybe. Good Lord willing, but we're, we're walking through the journey to the cross. Because here's what I've realized. If you can see God's heart behind why He did the things He did, it'll change the way you see yourself. Anybody got kids? They get frustrated with the decisions we make, right? But then you, just like you, they'll be 23 one day, and they'll go, oh, that's why you made that decision. They'll see the heart behind the action. Religion has shown you God's hand, but Jesus came to show you God's heart. Once you can catch His heart behind why uh, he, He did these miracles, once you can get His heart behind why He sent Jesus to the cross for you, once you can get the heart behind why He raised Jesus from the dead, then your salvation will mean more to you than I'm just going to go to heaven someday and I'm going to sit in a pew until I get there. Come on, somebody. So that's what we're doing over the next couple of weeks. We're walking through the journey to the cross. If I can just get you to see the heart of God for you, it'll change the way you see yourself. And here's what I know, that if you can change the way, if God can change the way you see yourself, He can change the way you see other people. You understand, like that's why. We exist as a church is to to proclaim the good news of Jesus to those in our lives, to love those people that God has placed us in. It was the the greatest commandments Jesus talked about in Scripture, right? Religion shows you God's hand, right? It's like you need to do this. You need to take this many steps on the Sabbath. You need to wash your hands this way. This is the way you need to tithe. And Jesus steps up on the scene in the Bible. He says, hey, you guys should tithe. You guys should give. You guys should do these things. But if you don't love anybody, you might as well not do any of it. The greatest commandment I give you, Jesus said, is to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. Come on, everybody. And you can't love yourself if you don't see yourself the way God sees you. So here we are today, next stop on our journey to the cross. Luke chapter 8, verse 40, and we're going to preach, I'm going to preach my wife's Favorite story in the Bible. Did y'all know it's like, I didn't even know, they got days for everything now. It is Pastor's Wife Appreciation Month. Can we just, come on somebody, I'm thankful for you. Y'all don't, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. She's the graphic designer. She runs all social media. She runs all of our kids' programs. She takes care of me. She's in here vacuuming the floor before you got here this morning. And I just wanted to tell you, I'm thankful for you, but I'm going to preach her favorite story um, this morning. This is in Luke chapter 8, verse 40. This is the story, pretty common story. It's about the woman with the issue of blood. Have you ever heard this story before inside of the Bible? Inside of this story today, inside of this moment, In history, we're going to see how God's heart was unfolded through the person of Jesus, through this interaction with this woman. And so, place yourself inside of this story. Grab your worship guide. Track along with me. Because y'all know this, that note-takers are history makers. That's right. So, Luke chapter 8, verse 40, the Bible says this, it says now, and I want you to, to pay attention here because man, God is such a detailed God. And man, if you can, if you can place yourself inside the story, if you can just see it in your mind's eye, it'll change everything about how you read the Bible. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed Him, for they were all waiting for Him. And there came a man named Jairus who was a ruler of the synagogue. So Jairus was a preacher. Jairus was a man of the cloth. He was an important person. So I want you to note that as we, 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 we note this interaction um, with Jesus. And he had a daughter, an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. That's a pretty extreme circumstance. Amen? As Jesus went... So Jesus goes to to Jairus' daughter. The people pressed around Jesus. And there was a woman. Everybody say, there was a woman. Who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Who had a discharge of blood for 12, everybody. 12 years. Not one year. Not six months. Not a momentary thing. For 12 years she suffered with this issue of blood. And though she had spent all of her living on doctors, on physicians, she could not, could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind Him, Jesus, and touched the fringe of His garment. And immediately, I love it. Immediately. This is where this is where this is where preachers get real crazy and tell you, man, if you just get saved, you're gonna be perfect overnight. If you just start praying today, and I've seen God do some instantaneous miracles, it's been really cool. I've seen God do some creative miracles, but but what I've noticed in my life is there's always a process. God, God's got a got that that prayer that you're praying for that miracle that you need in your life, what it's doing, that continual prayer, it's really just getting you ready to sustain the miracle when you get it. Come on, somebody. So in a moment she was healed, she touched Jesus' garment. And immediately the discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? One of these days I'm going to preach a series on the redundant questions of Jesus. Rhetorical. When all denied it, Peter, Peter said, Peter's always got something to say, Master, the crowds surrounding you are pressing on you. Jesus said, no, 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 somebody touched me. Because I can tell, I perceive that the power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, oh no, she came, notice this, lean in, she came trembling and falling down before Him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched Him, what she needed to get from Jesus. Notice this. And now she had been immediately healed. And Jesus said to her, one of the coolest moments in the Bible, this is the heart of God for you. Jesus turns to her, and not, He doesn't say lady. He doesn't say miss. He says daughter. You notice the family language. Daughter, go in peace because your faith has made you whole. Man, I could preach 17 messages out of this one moment in the Bible. Such a powerful story, so much going on. But 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 I begin to read this over over this week and begin to ask God, I mean just some new things came out when you think about that Jesus is God's heart. Jesus teaches us the way that God thinks about us what inside of this story is going to help us see ourselves differently see ourselves the way god sees us so we can see others differently here's the first thing that i noticed in this story so cool never seen this before but 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 the first thing i want you to write down is that my miracle matters to him this is god's heart for you never seen this before and we're we're going to get a little deeper here but but verse 41 it says there came a man there came a man named Jairus Jairus was an important guy. He was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, Jairus makes this big plea, hey, come and heal my daughter. She's dying. Think about about this. She's dying. Come and heal my my, my daughter. I want to stop for a minute and I want you to notice. Listen to me. I want you to notice the severity of what's happening to Jairus' daughter. This is a severe thing, right? Jairus is sitting with his only daughter who's 12 years old and he's watching as the life slips from her. He's watching as her breathing slows. He's stressed out. He's worried. He's praying. His daughter. Have y'all ever seen somebody die? His daughter. His only daughter. Can you imagine? I got two of them, right? If something were to ever happen to them, man, I would be spazzing out. His only daughter is slipping from this side of of heaven to that side of heaven. And all of a sudden, he hears the commotion. People are talking. There's a... Jesus is here. He, he's here. Uh, oh man, what perfect timing. And, and Jairus runs out to the shore to see Jesus and he falls at Jesus' feet and says, Jesus, Je- this is grave. She's dying. I don't know how much time we have, but, but the Bible leads us to, to believe that it was happening pretty fast. And But I, you gotta come heal my daughter. She's dying, Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He just goes. He starts to go do what Jesus does best, which is put de- put life back into dead things. This is interesting. Very severe miracle needs to happen in Jairus's life. W- would we agree? This is a code red situation. The girl is passing away right now, and the Bible says, "As Jesus went, he, he was going." He met Jairus and he was leaving. And the Bible says the people pressed around him and there was a a woman though who had a discharge of blood. Here enters this no-named person inside of the story. She'd struggled with it for 12 years and seen all the doctors and done everything and spent all her money and could never be healed. Meanwhile, while Jairus' daughter is passing away, Jesus is making His way to her to do what he does best. Here's what happens. Here's what happens in the story. The woman realizes the severity of the miracle of Jairus' daughter. So she just says, you know, the girl's young and and she doesn't have a lot of life to live and and I'm old and, and I've really struggled with this for 12 years. And, and I've kind of gotten used to it now. And so I, I'm just going to, you know what? Jesus is busy. And I mean, that's a big miracle. My miracle is not that big a deal. And, and I, can, I can handle it because I'm older. And man, I would hate for somebody to lose their baby. And, and so I'll just shrink back. And, and I, 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 maybe I'll catch Jesus next time. Maybe, maybe if I pray a little different next time. Maybe, maybe if I can get here a little earlier and wait on Jesus to step off the shore, and then I can get it. That's what happens, right? No. What, is the, what does the Bible say she, she does? The Bible says she came up behind Him and touched the fringe of His garment and immediately she was healed. Okay, 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 okay. Are y'all getting this? Please tell me I'm helping. So if, if a miracle is not just a miracle, uh, it's God revealing His nature to us. If, if Jesus is the tangible expression of God's heart on the earth, then here's what you need to know this morning, that your miracle matters to Him that nobody else's miracle is more important to Jesus even though it may be more severe even though it may need a faster timeline let me tell you this Jesus has enough power to heal you just as much power as he has to heal somebody else come on somebody this woman didn't say I'll let him go because she's young I'll let it go because you know I've had this for 12 years and I can get used to it she said no nothing is going to stop me from touching my miracle God's got enough good things to spread around I don't need to worry about staying back here so somebody else can get healed I wish Y'all could understand today, Jesus is God's heart, and your miracle matters to Him. Stop downplaying your miracle, stop downplaying your need, stop downplaying your problems you've got that keep you up at night. God uniquely cares for and loves every single one of us. If that's not true, He would have ran to Jairus's house and not healed this woman on the way. So what I gotta learn. Y'all don't ever downplay what you need from God. Well, you know, there is world hunger. Right. Well, I mean, we prayed for a little girl this morning and our, our pre-service huddle That's four years old and she's got cancer for the second time. I don't need anything when I think about that. But I do know, and this story shows me that God is big enough to not only heal her, but to also bring me my miracle on the way. Come on, somebody. My miracle, this is not selfish. This is not prideful. My miracle matters to Him. This is how you've got you to see Him. That, that everything, we, we minimize our need for a miracle, we tell ourselves that surely there must be more important things that God has to do than to see me. To notice me. Y'all don't do this? To restore me. To heal me. To bring the breakthrough I need this moment shows us that God is never too busy to meet the needs of His children. That every need we have is significant and matters to Him. Every need we have is significant and matters to God. Yes, there are others right, around us that may be walking through huge things, but that doesn't determine what God wants to do for you. This is not a zero-sum game. You understand, God doesn't run out of miracle working power. It's not like He's going to waste it all on them and you're going to get what's left over. He is the God who can do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or even think. The Bible says just seek and you'll seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. The Bible says that, that, that He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the gold in it. Everything belongs to God. Everything comes from God. My miracle matters to Him. Come on, man. I love my wife. We're in the parking lot at Walmart. and She's like, Lord, I just pray for a good parking spot right up next to the building. <laughs> and I'm like, God don't care about your parking spot. She goes, well, sure he does. <laughs> Come on now. Listen, your situation that you walked in here with today matters to him. Your heartbreak that you walked in here today matters to him. Your late night prayers, they matter to him. Listen to me, there is no pecking order when it comes to God working on behalf of his children. There's, the, there's no, there's no, Order in which oh well I see Sherry. You know, Sherry, she's been saved, you know, since she was a little kid, and well, she's rock solid. And I got this other heathen over here. I'm gonna get Sherry, and then if I got time, I'm gonna get to this. Uh, come on, somebody. This is not how God works, but this is how we treat him in our life. This woman shows us that, that my my miracle matters to God. I, I wonder. I wonder what you'd actually believe Him for if you came to the realization today that you, your miracle mattered to Him. I wonder what prayers you'd pray. I wonder what you'd really believe God for if you really believed that what you, what you need, God has in store for you. I wonder what kind of prayers we'd pray if we believed that, that my miracle matters to Him. That when I prayed, they don't just hit the ceiling and fall back on me at bed at night when I can't sleep at night. What, what, what can we do if we believed that our miracle matters to God? Here's what, here's what i got to be mindful. I have to be mindful. Those of you that are dads have to be mindful too because I have four kids and it is hard like it's, it's one of the biggest things that I think that is uh, the works on my insecurity today is that I can't spend the time I need with all of them. If I take Riker, then River's mad. If I take Grace, then Willow's mad. And if I'm trying to get each one of them individual attention, then their mama's mad at me. Come on somebody. <laughs> well, you ain't took me on a date. She don't snap, but. So I have to be, and then my own dad growing up, my, my, my dad was a police officer. And he did not care about anything I was doing in my life. (laughs) Say, hey, dad, check this out. Yeah, man, whatever. Right? Y'all don't ever do that to your kids? Get out of here. So I have to be careful that I don't see God through the lens of my own, like that I don't, I feel, I just don't feel like I have time for all of them. And I got to be careful that I don't see God, the father God through my lens of my dad who didn't want or, have time to mess with me either. You understand it is not zero sum. God wants to do everything for every one of us. Come on somebody, my miracle. My miracle matters to Him. My miracle matters to Him. He is the the perfect Father and I am not. He is the the good Father who never takes His eyes off of each of His children. He, He wants, can I tell you this? He wants the best for you no matter how much you think it can happen in your life. He's that good. He's that good. Philippians 4.6, they didn't add it yet because I added it later. But it says, do not be anxious about, come on all of you that read a Bible, anything, but instead pray about everything. Make your supplications be known to God. Come on, somebody. That there's nothing too small. There's nothing too insignificant. God sees you. He shaped you. He formed you. And if you could really believe that, you'd pray different. Hey, listen. I'll just tell you this. I'm not leaving any miracles on the table. I'm just not. Because he's the guy, like, listen, my kids wear me out, right? Now it's starting to be lake season, right? So we went to the lake last night. And you know what's at the lake? The ma- marina. That river, river says the marina. And it's a $50 bill every time I go in there. But I just love watching my kids eat those dipping dots. Come on, somebody. It makes me happy. It, I don't care. I don't care what it is in there. Get it. Let's get it. Come on. There's this time to, time. That's how God is with us, but He's like that with everything. If you just ask me, I'll give it to you. Inevitably, one kid leaves the, the marina with less than the other three kids. You want to know why? It's not because I was short on money. It's because they didn't grab it. Come on, what do you need today? Is there restoration in your marriage? Is it a financial breakthrough? Is it just peace to sleep at night? Is it just the stress and the weight you carry to go away? Can, can I tell you? I'm not leaving any miracles on the table because my miracle matters to Him. Amen, everybody? Amen. Number two, second thing, second thing. God's showing His heart for us in Jesus in this moment. Here's what His heart is His heart. You got to see this because this is a good dad. That's that's what this moment is. His heart is that our faith, our faith would turn our desperation into motivation. anybody ever in here ever been desperate? Brenda has. anybody else? Y'all ain't never been desperate. By golly, I've been desperate. It says, verse forty four. She came. Everybody say came. Uh, Behind him. And touch. Everybody say touch. Touch. The fringe of his garment, And immediately, immediately the discharge of blood. You see, uh, as much as the preacher Jairus believed that Jesus could raise his daughter from the dead or heal his daughter, this no-named woman believed the same. I want you to think about the level of desperation this woman must have had. For 12 years, she has struggled with it being that time of the month, every day, every month for 12 years. And all the ladies said, that sucks, right? She spent all of the money she made. And it wasn't like doctors like we have today that could, you know, I'm not saying I don't believe in doctors. I, I go to them frequently, right? When I, when I, when I, when I need to, I got to go, you know? And so, I'm not frequently, don't hear what I'm not saying. but I believe in medical intervention. Come on, everybody, right? But she spent everything she owned. Everything. Everything she owned. She was most likely homeless. She was probably getting those red letters in the mail every month from you know, all the same place, right? Disconnect notice. Right? That's where they were coming from. She was desperate. She was desperate for a miracle. For 12 years, she'd struggled with this issue. 12 years and nothing. You know, it's one thing to believe God for a short-term victory, right? My son, Riker, he's believing God for all straight A's. And I told him that's kind of how it works, right? You know, it's like if you do what only you can do, or if you'll do what you can do, God will do what only God can do, so you might have to study. You can't just pray for straight A's. Come on, somebody. <laughs> But it's different to believe something for short term to get this contract, to get this job, to, to, to get to, than it is to believe Him in, in solidarity for 12 years for one thing that hasn't happened yet. That's a whole nother level of faith. And for 12 years, she struggled with this. It's entirely another to believe Him for 12 years and still nothing. Most of us in this room pray about something for a week and if it doesn't happen, we stop praying you know why? Do you know why we need to keep praying? Do you know what this also shows us 12 years? Because it probably took her 12 years to be who she needed to receive the miracle that He was bringing. you, you got to be ready for it. If God gave you everything you prayed for today, you just mess it all up. Lord, just give me that money. And He's like, what are you doing with the money you have today? well, You're not tithing. Okay, well, you know what what I tell you? When God can trust you with more than enough, He'll give you enough. Come on, somebody. The moment of desperation is a great place, though. Here's what I've I've learned. This woman's desperate. Did I prove her desperateness enough? The, The moment of desperation is a great place for God to do a miracle. Come on, all my super saved people in here. The moment of desperation is a great moment for God to do a miracle inside of your life. The moment where you realize... I love it because I call it forced dependency. God will get you to the place where He's the only option you have. Because then you realize it's nothing you can do to get you out of where you're at. It's only Him. It was Him. It is Him. It will always be Him. You know what's cool is I love the stories in the Bible of all the desperate people, right? Remember blind Bartimaeus? Son of David! Screaming. Screaming. Have mercy on me! But God did heal him. The four friends that drug their paralytic friend up on the roof, ripped the roof off the building to let him down, that's desperate. All of the people in the Bible that were desperate. You know what I realized after reading this story is that the desperate people do what it takes to get to Jesus. They'll, they'll, they'll pick up their paralyzed friend They'll, they'll scream at the top of their lungs. They'll, they'll, they'll risk spreading leprosy to other people. They will pray more than you pray, longer than you pray. Come on, somebody. They will save. They will, they, 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 they will read. They will cry out for God. They'll get before Him. The, the desperate people do whatever it takes to get to Jesus. And God's heart in this story is that your faith would allow your desperation to be turned into to motivation. Because desperation can cause us to be stagnant. I don't know about y'all. Y'all ever done this? You look at everything you got to do, and you're like, I've got so much to do. I'm, i I got so much to do. I'm just going gonna, gonna to take a nap. This woman was desperate, desperate for healing. She was so desperate that in her culture, she risked people noticing who she was and the shame that would come and the punishment that would come with that. You understand she was considered unclean, so she not only could not touch anyone who was clean, but she had to stay away with the lepers in fear of making other people unclean. She was desperate enough to overcome this she risked the belief even. Inside of the New Testament, it was a belief that, that if you were unclean and you touched a rabbi, you could make that rabbi unclean. She risked. She was so desperate, she even risked the, the, the belief that if she touched Jesus, she could give Jesus the same problem she had. How many of y'all know desperate people do what it takes to get to Jesus? That your faith would turn your desperation into motivation. I think about all of the desperate people. What lengths, let me ask you this this morning, I don't know what you believe in God for, but what lengths are you willing to go to to get to Jesus? Is it to actually begin to read your Bible? Because He's in there, 66 books, front to back, Old Testament, New Testament. You can find Jesus all over that Bible. Is it to begin to save? Is it to begin to, 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 to forgive that person that hurt you? Is it to begin to, 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 to create a time of prayer and worship to God? What are you willing to do to get to Jesus? What are you willing to do to get to Jesus? G- are you willing to go to marriage counseling? Are you willing to go to rehab? Are, are you willing to talk to somebody and get open about what's going on inside of your life? What are you going to do what are you willing to do to get to Jesus? Allow your desperation. I believe He can heal me. Do you believe that? but I've got to turn it into motivation. Man, what a testimony. What an incredible example for us today. Let me ask you this. What have you been believing God for? The second question I'll ask you is, are you desperate? Don't allow insecurity, shame, guilt, sickness, or anything else to keep you from getting to Jesus. Let me tell you this. I I felt this in my spirit. Jesus wants to hear from you no matter what anyone has told you he longs to hear the voice of his children cry out for him hebrews 4:16 it says let us now with confidence draw near to the throne of grace and receive what we need in our time with confidence not with our head down not sneaking through the crowd not 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 not, not, not in shame but let us now with confidence you know why i can approach the throne of grace with confidence i don't know about y'all but i've been through so I've, I've made some Stupid mistakes in my life. I know y'all are all good, great church people, and Matthew, you're just a solid college student. Ain't never done anything wrong in your life, right? But I've been some places, and I'm going to tell you this there's going to be a need for you to draw to the throne of grace, and his heart is that you would do it with confidence because he loves you that much. He wants to hear from you, he's the good father. He, he wants to hear what's on your heart. God's heart is that your faith would turn your desperation into motivation and that you would stop at nothing to receive what God has for you. Come on, everybody. Next thing right here, real quick. I say this so much, but this story, I saw it in a totally different way. He wants to turn your pain into a platform. He wants to turn your pain into a platform. This is so different in this, this story with this woman. I, I've never seen it this way. It's okay. So, Jesus is God's heart on display. Amen. Watch this. Verse 45. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? As if he didn't know, right? Everybody said, I mean, it wasn't me. It me. I don't know. I don't know. He said, I- I've perceived that the power has gone out from me. A- and when he saw the woman, and when the woman saw, listen to me, look, look at this, she was not hidden. She came trembling. Notice how she is. Falling down before Him and declared, declared, everybody say declared, declared in the presence of everybody why it was she needed to touch Jesus and what happened after she touched Him. The same people that she hid in the shadows from for 12 years, the same people that would not even come close to this woman, the same people that looked down on her because the belief was that if you had infirmity, it was from a sin, the people that segregated her away, the people that, that, that definitely would have threw shade on her had they known she was trying to touch Jesus, were now forced to come face to face with the miracle that Jesus did for this lady. They had to see it. She, She had done her best to shrink back, right? Because Jesus walks up and He's in a crowd and all these people are touching Him and He's like, whoa! Hey, somebody touch me. And they're like, brother, no, everybody's touching you, man. You're Jesus, you know? It's like, we're doing our best to keep them off of you, Jesus. I'm sorry. He's like, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me because I felt the power leave. And he knew exactly who it was. He's Jesus. And he, did, he, he had enough divinity to know it was her. What does she do? She, she touches him and she's like this. Why? Because that's how we are with our story. Jesus would not let her leave. Until he had forced her to tell her testimony to the people that hated her, segregated her, pushed her aside, told her she wasn't good enough, told her she did this. Come on, y'all, this is so good. Jesus said, "Hey, no, 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 who touched me? Well, it was her." Oh, she. Oh, her. Y'all know her because y'all ain't been talking to her for the last twelve years. Y'all know her because y'all see her slipping around. Y'all, y'all see her at the doctor's office every week, swiping that credit card just to try to figure out what's going on in her life. Y'all, 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 good people uh, over here, just keep walking past her. But I want to show y'all today that that my miracle working power, her miracle matters to me. That she's my child. That I care for her, and that I want to turn the pain in her life into a platform of my goodness. For eternity, it will be sealed in the Bible. God wants to turn your pain into a platform. His heart for the miracle that we receive is to serve as a testimony, a source of encouragement, a source of faith to others. Listen to me. No matter how dirty, no matter how filthy, no matter how messy, His heart, because this was a messy, filthy miracle. No matter. His heart is to use them all as an example of what he wants to do in the lives of his children. This is in real time. She she touches the robe of Jesus, the bleeding stops in her in her life. She stands up, she tells her testimony. Watch this. Matthew chapter 14 verse 34. Y'all ready? Totally different town, totally different place, totally different scenario. It says verse 34, and when they, they being Jesus and the disciples crossed over, they came to Gennesaret, And when the, man, when the men of the place recognized Jesus, they sent all around the region and brought to Him all who were sick. And they implored Him that they might only touch the fringe of His garments. And as many as were touched, wonder where they learned that touching, the hem of the garment trick. Come on. An entire city healed. No one would have ever known had Jesus let her slip away into the shadows with her miracle. The only way they knew is because Jesus said, I'm going to turn this pain into a platform because there's people I'm going to start that, are, that, that feel just like this woman feels and I'm going to set them free. And then I'm going to know how I'm set them free until I can get this woman to stand up and share her story. As Jesus moved through the region, people brought all their sick and healed. Perhaps the story of the... This is a commentary I I was reading this week. Perhaps the story had spread of the woman in Capernaum who had been healed by touching Jesus' robe. For at this time, people begged Him to let them touch his even the fringe of His robe. No one... This is what the commentary said. No one missed out on Jesus' loving compassion. All who touched Him were healed. All who had faith And they had faith because of the story of the woman with the issue of blood. I just wonder, I just wonder who's not going to give up on their marriage because you'll tell your story. I just wonder who's going to have the faith they need to beat the addiction because you'll tell your story. I just wonder who's going to continue to believe for healing because you're willing to tell your story. I just wonder who's going to come back to church after they left because of COVID because you said, hey, I came back and let me tell you, it's not what you thought. God is moving. You're, you're going to find a place there. Come on, somebody. I wonder who's going to be set free because you decided to tell the story about how you'd never led worship in your life, but God called you to stand up and lead worship and you learned everything. I wonder I wonder what, what could happen when we allow God to turn our pain into a platform. Come on, everybody. You see, it's the way we... Each of us have the faith to overcome. Revelation 12, 11, it says, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I wonder if we can actually see 26 people saved in Good Friday, Palm Sunday, and Easter Sunday here at our church. Y'all know that's what we're believing for, right? We're praying for that, right? That's a prayer we're praying for it every single week. Every day you pray. You need to pray for that. We've had 26 people saved since September up until now, and I believe in God that we're going to see 26 people saved on Good Friday, Palm Sunday, and Easter Sunday in those five services. The only way we're going to do it is if we allow God to use our plane as a platform and get out there and start inviting people, start sharing the gospel. Don't don't even worry about getting them saved. Get them saved before they come. I don't care. We'll count that on on the tally. Uh, my, My prayer would be you would get them saved before they came to church. Let, let, let me tell you something this morning. I will never, as long as I live and as long as I have breath in my lungs, never stop standing on the mountaintop shouting about the goodness and the grace of God on my life because He's been too good to me. This week I want you to share your story with someone, co-worker, a kid, a friend. Share it with your kids. Tell them your story. Hey, s- stop being stingy with your story. Moving on. Last thing. Last thing. His heart is that... This is how good He is. He, 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 he brings this woman out of obscurity. He, he has time to stop and heal her. So He shows her her miracle matters. He, he turns her pain into a platform. He does all these great things for her. He heals her. But then this last line is what gets me. This is his heart for you. Is that the miracle would result in long-term peace inside your life. That's, just, that's what he wants. He don't just want to heal you. That's nice. But he, but he wants, to, wants you to be cool. To have peace. To sleep at night. Like, he cares about what bothers you. You got to see him this way. That's why he says, he says Hey, daughter, the, the translation there is go into peace, not like go in peace, like a final send off. He says, I don't want you to walk in it, live in it. And he said to her, Verse 48 daughter, your faith has made you well. Go into peace. Why did he tell her this? This is interesting. I just don't believe there's any random things in the Bible. I just believe there's not. I just, I just don't. I just can't convince me that there is. It's all so intentional. Like even when you study it for a living, like I do, it's like more. It's so inten- God is so intentional. Because go into peace. Live in peace. Because guess what? I believe you said this for her. Because this was probably not going to be the last time she'd ever need to believe Jesus for something. Because this probably wouldn't be the last time she'd need the kind of crazy faith it would take to bring about a miracle. That this problem would be the last time Right, James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Count it all joy, brothers, when you face problems of many kinds. Because if you'll face them, the Bible says it produces steadfastness. And when steadfastness has its full effect, you'll be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. He said, go into peace, because the birthmark of every believer is a bullseye. And now, honey, since you've been saved and redeemed and restored, the devil's going to know your name. But the good news is, is God knows your name too. Y'all picking this up? Isn't that good?